so had our had our, our youth conference last week right where the young people at Jimmy did you just scream oh I was about to say brother about 30 years ago how about young people how was the conference it was good that's what I'm talking about once a youth pastor always a youth pastor my wife and I love it that the young people are just catching fire for for Jesus and just impacting this community um, we're going to continue our series today and I know that for a fact God has been doing something amazing uh, we started our 21 days of prayer how many of you guys have been enjoying that how many of you guys have been connecting through Facebook or YouTube? How many of you guys have been coming here and praying? Every, because of, Awesome, that's what I'm talking about. Remember that we're here praying uh, every day, I believe, uh, Monday through Saturday. And we, are, we can connect through Facebook and YouTube as well, okay, at 12 noon. And I believe it's Monday through Friday, right, Joe? Um, so just connect, guys, and just uh, let's, let's, let's pray. Let's get on our knees and let's cry out to God and, and see Him work. So today I just uh, I want to kind of read off a scripture in Luke. If you guys can turn to me, turn with me to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. And I just want to read this for you really quick. And it says this, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature, I feel you, Zacchaeus. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. So a few things that I want to just kind of highlight in this passage, the first thing is where this is taking place, and it is in the city of Jericho. Jericho is the first place that Israel encountered and conquered. First place that Israel encountered and conquered. It was the first, it was the first opposition they received as they walked into the promised land. So they walk into the promised land, and the, and the first, first city that they run into is Jericho. Now Jericho, we know the story, has huge walls. They did, they did some, some, they did some laps around the wall. They shouted, they sounded the shofar, and boom, the walls came crashing down. We know that story, yes? And like I said, it was the first opposition in the promised land. Sometimes we get confused because we think when we have opposition in front of me, in front of us, we're not in the promised land yet. You know? Sometimes you run into opposition and you're like, man, I can't wait till they get to the promise. And when in the Bible, the scripture shows us that the people of Israel walk into the promise and the first thing they do is they find themselves on big walls. So I want to encourage you today, wherever you're at, just because you see opposition doesn't mean you're in the wrong position. As a matter of fact, when you see opposition, I think you're in the right position. Because they wouldn't be trying to stop you unless you're doing something right, unless you're going in the right direction. I was talking to a gentleman and he was telling me, man, the last two, three months since I've decided to follow Jesus, I feel like the, the hells, the, the, the gates of hell have opened and everything's coming at me. And yeah, you're right. Because of what's in you and where you're going and what you represent. So don't lose hope or be discouraged if you see walls in the promised land. Because those walls will fall. Amen? 
The second thing that ha- that I see in the scripture is that is that it mentions who Zacchaeus was. Well, it says that he's short, and it also says that he's a tax collector. Now, a tax collector in those in those times was like one of the most hated people that you could be. You know, it was just it was just it was just a bad thing to be a tax collector. And it's crazy because he's, the Bible says that he, he, he knows that Jesus is coming and he wants to know who Jesus really is. He wants to know who Jesus is. So he says, I'm going to move from this place. And, I, and he climbed the tree and he, he did whatever he needed to do to encounter Christ. He didn't care what people thought. Remember, he wasn't liked. He was stealing from the people of Israel and, and kind of in cohorts with, with, with the Romans. And he would steal money and that's why he has so much money because he would steal money from the people. He would abuse them pretty much. And he didn't care about what people thought. Sometimes, and I, and I want to encourage you to, to, today, whether you're a leader, whether you're a pastor, evangelist, prophet, teacher, whatever you are, or you feel like you don't deserve it, or you feel like you're a failure, or you feel like you're, or you, you, you know, you're in the wrong place, you're here by, by accident, or because someone was nagging you to come. I want, I want you to know something. Forget about people's opinions. You hear me? Forget about people's opinions. Don't let what people say, or labels, or titles, or titles stop you from getting what's yours. And Jesus is here today. And if you're here, you're like Zacchaeus. You got out. Of, you didn't get. Out, you didn't climb a tree, but you climbed out of your bed, and you came to this building because you desire to encounter Jesus. So you can fool me, but you can't fool him. He knows that you're hungry, and he knows that you need him. You can be sitting here, slouched down with your, you know, all angry, maybe with your headphones on, whatever. You have, but you're here because you're here. And today, things can change. All of a sudden, Zacchaeus climbs the tree. You know, I love this part. And Jesus is walking. Zacchaeus? Not bad. All of a sudden, Jesus is walking. And he says when he gets to that place, he looks up. He raises his gaze towards Zacchaeus. Now, this is kind of interesting. There's not many times in Zacchaeus' lives that people raise their gaze to look at him. Because he's short. Don't you love it that when Jesus looks at you, he looks at you different? Come on, people. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that when Jesus looked at me, he saw, he saw everything that I didn't see in myself. He's here today and he's looking at you. And he's, he's seeing everything that you were created to be. So at the end of the service, we're going to have a calling. And we're going to have a chance to be like Zacchaeus. And climb that tree. And encounter Jesus. And we are going to have the decision together to say, you know what? I'm going to just stay here and kind of try to look over people's heads and just be in the background. Or or I refuse to let my limitations stop me. I refuse to let my personality stop me. I refuse to let anything stop me. And I want to know who Jesus really is. Amen. Turn with me to Psalm 23. And we're going to talk about three things. We're going to speak about on three things. It's His presence, His voice, His word, and His power. 
His presence, His voice, slash His word, and His power. Psalms 23, verse 4. And this is what it says. We've read this a bunch of times. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I was going to say a joke right now. I'm going to say it. This reminds me of dangerous minds, right, man? There you go. See, how many, how many know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. It's like, hey, Manny, I know. Manny, Manny, Manny was a thug back in the day. I'll play, Manny. I love you, bro. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. His presence gives us boldness that cannot be produced or that cannot be fabricated. Whew. See, because it happens, everybody can say, oh, I'm bold. I remember when, uh, back in the day, I used to, we used to go out looking for fights. I remember we went to town and country and there was this, I was in a bad mood. I went to the bathroom and there was some guy there and he looked at me funny and I was like, what? And he said, what? And then a cop came in and we went outside and, and you know, he was, he was walking the talk and all that stuff and we went to fight and at, at the end of the day, he, he didn't want to fight. He started running. See, because what happens, everybody can fake to be courageous or bold until there's an enemy or opposition in front of you. And then all of a sudden, that begins to be a mirror to who you really are. I remember there was a scene in, in, in Captain America when, when, uh, they're trying to, the, the skinny guy, the, the main character, I don't know his name, and they're, they're in the training camp and stuff like that. Remember, and there's two people, there's a general and I think the scientist, and they're talking and they're saying, Oh, listen, I think, the, I think you got it wrong. Look at this guy. He can barely do a push-up. He's, 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 a, he's like a twig. He's going to break. And then he, and then, and the general, and the general's like saying, look at this guy. He's, he's strong. He's fast. He, he's, he's, he's bred for, for, for to be a warrior, to be this, to be that. And all of a sudden he gets a, he gets a grenade or it wasn't him or the other guy throws it. And guess what happens? Every strong, fast soldier ducks and, and, and hides. And the skinny, scrawny kid that wasn't expected to do anything jumps on top of their grenade. See, when opposition comes, it reveals what you're really made of. And you cannot produce, produce true courage. True courage comes from we being with him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You don't fear evil because you're strong. You fear, you don't fear evil because he's strong and because he's with you. See, when you, when, when you're about to fight and, and, or when you're going to a war and you look back and you see the great I am behind you. Come on now, there's some courage that stirs up in your, in, in your gut. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's soldiers that have fought here and you, you have an army behind you, but there's nothing like having daddy God behind you. <laughs> You know, with one word, everything's done. You know, it's, 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 it's just a different courage that comes from that. There is courage. There is boldness in His presence. And we need to be with Him so that we are courageous because strength and courage doesn't come from... You can go to the gym all you want. You know, There's always going to be someone bigger. There's always going to be someone better. And there's always going to be someone stronger. But when you're with him, there's no one bigger. There's no one better. And there's no one stronger. Come on, people. Come on, give it up to him, man. He is good. Next verse, Psalm 139, verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? This verse kind of gets me a little bit, uh, it sounds like God's a stalker, you know? Like, you can't hide. <laughs> you know, like, the like, Lord, like, you know, what's up, you know? But in reality, that's not what he's really saying. 
In reality, what he's saying is that there's nowhere you can go. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, that I won't be. As a matter of fact, when you get there, he's already made camp. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for me. That brings me great peace because you know what, you know what that, that's, that just assures me that no matter where I'm at, where I'm at or what I'm going through, he's always there. He's always there. You can't run. You can't hide. Wherever you go, he's there. And that is an amazing thing to have. Because it feels bad to, to feel alone. How many of you guys love, well, some people love to be alone. But it's, it's love to, one of the ways they torture people is solitary confinement. There's a reason for that because we weren't meant to be alone. So what, what great news it is that he's saying, you'll never be alone. It doesn't matter if you're running from me. I'll be there waiting for you. I try to run from God. I remember, you know, I, I used to make fun of the guys that used to dance here. I'm like, those guys are weird. They're dancing with the little ribbons and jumping off funny. What's wrong with those guys? And guess what happened? I ended up being the guy that was leading all those guys eventually. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up being the head weird guy. You know what I'm saying? It was just a crazy thing. I remember I used to mock and I used to laugh. I used to get home gone, tripping, dr- drunk, high. I used to tell my aunts when I was going to go do something, I would be like, hey, listen, today we're going to go break into a house and smoke weed. Ah, ha, ha. And she would laugh. Ah, ha, ha. And I was telling the truth, but she thought I was joking. That's who I was. And I ran and I ran and I ran because I was angry at God. But everywhere I went, he was there waiting for me. Until one time I said, listen, man, I can't run anymore. And I just gave up. So if today you're running or today you're hiding, I want to tell you that there's nowhere to run and there's nowhere you hide. And he never gets tired. Oh, come on now. He doesn't sleep. He's waiting for you. When you're resting, He's there for you. Psalms, chapter 31, verse 20. If I'm going too fast, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make up some time. This is what it says. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Now we are all human beings here. We've all hurt someone. Yes? We've all been hurt by someone. No exemptions. And guess what? We are complicated. Humanity is complicated. And even those that are, that say, oh, I'm a simple, I'm one of those guys saying, oh, I'm pretty simple. Yeah, pretty simple. It's simple for you to complicate things is what it is. <laughs> say that's that's the truth, man. We got issues. Look at the person to your right and say, "We got issues." Say now, the person on the left, "We got issues." Humanity. See what happens when we're talking about being being ambassadors and establishing the kingdom of God in our lives. See, we can't establish the kingdom of God in this earth if you don't deal with people. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. We just got a puppy. Her name's Sky. And thank God she's learning how to go potty in her cage. Think, I mean, in her, in her, what's it called? In her, in her crate. I don't like saying cage because it's not a cage. Just you touch it and it falls. You know what I'm saying? But I can sit with Sky all day, and I can read the word to Sky, and I can lay my hands on Sky, and I can sing worship to Sky. You know, and nothing's gonna happen because we don't establish the kingdom with puppies. We establish the kingdom of God with people. And what happens is is people are imperfect. You're going to hurt them and they're going to hurt you. 
And what this saying, thing is saying is, is in the presence of God, you can hide in it. The first verse says you can't hide from it. And that's true. You can't hide from it, but you can't hide in it. You hear me? You can't hide from it, but you can hide in it. Because what happens when you deal with people, and when people deal with you, because somebody's in, in the presence hiding because you did something too. You sit, you hide in that presence. You let the presence of God just cover you. And all of a sudden, that presence of God begins to change you. See, because the best defense against offense is His presence. And some of us get, in, get offended entirely too easy. You know what you need to do? You need to get inside the presence of God. And let Him bathe you with His love. Let Him remind you how messed up and jacked up you were when He found you. And then all that offense is going to flush down the toilet. You hear me? We can't, hi- we can't hide from it, but we can hide in it. God is so good. Next verse. Psalms 51. Verse 10 and 11. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. The first phrase in verse 10 says, create in me a clean heart. The the first phrase in verse 11 says, do not cast me away from your presence. It seems like having a clean heart and being in his presence are connected. Bible says to guard your heart above all things because from there life flows. You know, if you want, if you desire a clean or pure heart, it's not by works. It's by being with him. In his presence, that's what changes everything. Now, something happened the other day, uh, was, uh, I think it was Thursday, right? Thursday, Wednesday? Friday? Oof. Um, all the days are like <laughs> one big ball for me. On Friday, the Holy Spirit led me to just have a quiet time or a time of worship with my, my, my wife and my two kids. And all of a sudden, we're just worshiping. At the beginning, I was a little frustrated because sky is just jumping up and the kids are not really paying attention. And, and you know, I'm like, Jesus, stinking dog. You know what I'm saying? He's messing up. Lord, what are you doing? You know? And then, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to forget about sky. And, uh, and I just, we just began to worship. A song passed and then did another song. And all of a sudden, I, f- I felt this, this need to just lower my son. So I, I get down on my knees. He's laying on the couch. And I just get, and I just begin to tell him, just words. I love you. It's like you're such a joy. You're just the most amazing son that I could ever have. You're so strong. You're so courageous. You're so brave. You're so handsome. Man, you are the best. You're intelligent. You love Jesus. And all of a sudden, I see like his body begins to move. Like, and he just, he's like this and he goes like this. And he's like, Daddy, thank you for those nice words. Thank you for the nice words, the nicest words ever. And he just begins to cry. And I'm like, what is happening? See, I've told my son words of affirmations many times before. And I've never had this reaction. What happened was is that the presence of God 
made a way for the words of his father to penetrate his heart. Father, I pray that your words will penetrate our heart today. Do not let us leave here without hearing your voice. And he just began to cry. And I was like, Lord, this is incredible. Amen. Hallelujah. His presence makes a way for his voice. And he wants to speak to you. Tell you how much he loves you. And how precious you are to him. We need to hear our father's voice. He gives us identity and worth. Don't be distracted. He gives us identity and worth. Think about this. When Jesus gets baptized and he comes from the water, God doesn't send fire. He doesn't send clouds. He sends the Holy Spirit and he speaks. It says that a voice from heaven, a voice from heaven, there's something about the voice of the Father that changes things. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. You are a son and you are a daughter and he's already pleased. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you more. He has, he is all in with you. All in with you. First Peter chapter one, verse 25. The first thing that we talked about was his presence. And now we're going to go into his voice. And it says this. But the word of the Lord endures forever. There was a movie back in the day called Sandlot. And there was this little kid, nerdy with big glasses. And he was saying, forever, forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. Oh, Jesus. The word endurance reminds me of a race. And when you look up the word endurance, it says some, uh, to resist something in something challenging like childbirth, what, mothers, or a marathon. I want to tell you something today. Nothing has more endurance than the word of God. So if the word of God is running a race against your problems and your situations, guess who's going to win? He is. Because the season ends and the season ends, but his word doesn't ever end. It endures forever. So whatever, whatever you're going through, whatever problem, whatever people have spoken to you, whatever crisis has been happening in your life, whatever situation is going on in your family with your daughter, with your son, with your husband, with your wife, with your boss, I want you to, I want to tell you something. It's not going to endure forever, but I guarantee you that one thing is, and that is his word. So when you don't understand things that are happening, you need to hold on to his word and just allow that word to take you to the finish line. 
Because the Bible says that His word never returns void. So that means, check this out. Every time that God gets a word, He sends it out. Every single time it comes back to Him, it's full. There hasn't been one time in the history of forever and eternity that He's gotten a word and He sent it out. And when He got it, He went, that hasn't happened. And I want to tell you something. It's not going to start now. So if he's given you a word, if he's given you a promise, if he's spoken over your life and the life of your children, I guarantee you that it will not return empty. His word endures forever. God is good, man. God is so good. I've noticed, and the band can come up. I've noticed that sometimes when, uh, <clears throat> sometimes as we walk with the Lord and uh, we get into seasons, whatever season it may be, sometimes we begin to doubt the Word of God. And the voice of God. And our ability to hear Him. I don't know if that's happened to you. How many of you guys have lived crisis and sometimes you're like, man, I don't know if I can hear God. Or I don't know if what He says is true. Or I don't know if the promise that He spoke up to me, spoke to me was real. Maybe that, that guy that gave me that prophetic word was a, was a little off that day and I don't think that word was for me. It's just me. Right, man, raise your ass. what I'm talking about. And then I just got, started thinking, man, about, about the, the people in the, in, the, in the Bible. I thought about Moses. <laughs> and I thought how Moses was in the wilderness, right? And in the wilderness, all of a sudden, the burning bush appears, and God speaks to him through that burning bush. I thought about Elijah. When he's hiding in a cave, and all of a sudden, God's whisper reaches his ears in the middle of a cave, in the middle of the wilderness. And then all of a sudden, I, this scripture popped in my heart. And it's in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. And this is what it says. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. I'm going to read that again. The voice of one crying in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. When we go through things, because we will go through things, we have seasons that are hard and seasons that are not so hard and seasons that we're on a high and seasons that were low, seasons of battle and seasons of peace. Just like there's natural seasons in Miami, there's only one season, but you know, in every other place that's outside of South Florida, there's seasons. <laughs> I don't know if we can capture that concept here in Miami. And sometimes we grow tired, guys, because we're human beings. And sometimes our humanity overtakes our spiritual being. And all of a sudden, we are led more by what we feel or our situations than what the truth really is. And I realized that that sometimes when we're in that wilderness, we either think that we don't hear God, or we don't think that we're worthy of hearing God, or we don't think we can hear God. 
And I want to tell you something. Before a great prophetic movement, there was a, there was a whisper in the wilderness. It wasn't in the city. It wasn't on the mountaintop. It wasn't by the river. It was a whisper in the wilderness. Before a great movement of deliverance through Moses, there was a burning bush in the wilderness. And now this verse in chapter 40, verse 3, is talking about John the Baptist. And it says that there's a crying, a a voice in the wilderness preparing the way for Jesus. See, I'm here to tell you that the wilderness is not an impediment to hear God's voice. The wilderness is a catalyst to hear God's voice. See, it's not, it's not a wall, it's a bridge, it's not, it's not a block, it's a stepping stone. So I don't, I don't know what season you're in. You might not be in the wilderness or you might be in the wilderness. I want to tell you something that every great movement that has, has stirred up in the history of mankind, there was a word spoken in the wilderness. And if out of, out of that word in the wilderness, something great stirred forward. When John the Baptist came, all dressed like a crazy guy, speaking, prepare the way, prepare the way, prepare the way, repent, prepare the way, repent, prepare the way, repent. Every time he spoke that, he spoke it because there was a great move coming. The king of kings was leaving his throne and coming to earth to bring salvation to humanity. So I don't know what you're going through, but there's something great inside of you. And the voice of God is loud and clear in the wilderness. And if you can hear His voice today, I guarantee you, you won't be in the wilderness forever. And you will see the move of God in you and through you in this place. Zacchaeus, where are you? Zacchaeus, where are you today? Where are you today, Zacchaeus? I don't know what you're living. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what challenges are in front of you or have been in front of you. But I know this. That if you choose to move from where you're at and climb that tree, you will see Jesus for who he really is. Just close your eyes and stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I like you. Just close your eyes. Today, when we first started, I told you that this moment was coming. I told you that this moment was going to arrive, that there was going to be an opportunity, just like Zacchaeus, for you to move beyond the crowd. For you not, not to worry about what people are thinking. I don't care if you're in the band. You need, you need to come up here. Then you come up here. It doesn't matter. We'll put music in the background. Whatever it takes. If you're back there. So whatever it is. But the moment has come. God is calling you. From the north, the south, the east, and the west. And he's saying, son, daughter, here I am. I want to establish my kingdom. In this city, I want to establish my kingdom in this state and in this nation and the nations of the earth. And I want to use you. I am here. His presence is here, he says. 
And he's ready to speak if he hasn't already spoken. So if you need his presence in a special way and you need to hear his voice, I want you to come up to the front. Where are you, Zacchaeus? And don't worry about what people are thinking. Whoever you are, just come to the front. We're going to pray for you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't hesitate. Don't look around. Come up here to the front. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Oh, how I love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, I love you. Oh, how I love you. Come on, church. You are the one our just, just lift your hands up to Jesus. hearts adore. Come on. He's coming your way just like he was coming Jesus, to Zacchaeus. Jesus, I love you. Just use your imagination. Oh, how I love you. This is not an emotional moment. This is a spiritual you moment. You are the one Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the one Thank you, God. Hearts Come on. Jesus, I love you. Just lift your hands right here in the front. Oh, how I love hands. you. He is here. He is you here. You are the one He is here. I'm going to ask some of the the pastors and the prayer team if you can pray for people just begin to lay hands be directed by the Holy Spirit and we're going to sing this song because I want you to know that this doesn't depend on you. It depends on Jesus. And he is the champion of our faith. He is the champion of our faith. And today, he is the one that stands before you. He is the one that stands before you. If you're sitting down, I want you to pray and to see so for your brothers and sisters. to see. Took me so long to believe it. Yeah. That you chose someone like me. Yeah, but he did. He chose you. To carry your victory. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Perfection could never earn it. Come on. You give what we don't deserve. Yes. And you take the broken things. And raise them to glory. And you are my champion. And giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won. Come on, lift your hands to your God. Come on. I am who you say I am. Yes. 
You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Now I can finally see it. Come on. You're teaching me how to receive it. So let all the striving cease. This is my victory. Yes. Now I can finally see it. You're teaching me how to receive it. So let all the striving cease. This is my victory. And you, you are, are my, my champion. champion. Yes. And giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence, I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. When I lift my voice and shout, Every wall comes crashing down. Come on, church. I have the authority. Lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice. Jesus has given me. Come on, let's go. When I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. I have the authority. Jesus has given me oh when I lift my voice and shout every wall comes crashing down I have the authority Jesus has given me oh when I open up my Miracles start breaking out. I have the authority that Jesus has given me. When I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority. Jesus has given me when I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking. Woo! Come on, church. I have the authority. Yeah. Jesus has given me. Cause you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won, I am who you say I am. You 
time seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Jimmy, you can stay right there. Today I was praying, man, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit put a word in my heart for you. And he says that don't lose faith and do not be discouraged that what you're asking for and speaking for will come to pass. And I felt that your heart was uh, kind of just losing steam. But I want to tell you that he is making you strong. And that he's never spoken a word as we turn boy. And when he said what he said, he meant it. For you and for your family. And you know what I'm talking about. And he knows what he's talking about. So I want to tell you today, don't lose hope. Do not be discouraged because he hears your prayers. And every time you've spoken and prayed and called those things. just for you and for me everyone in this that's walking this planet needs Jesus whether they know it or not and I know there's times that are difficult and that things get a little crazy but in the middle of the wilderness I declare that today the spirit of a God aligns our hearing to hear his voice in whatever season we're in and that we can stop being victims and be victories be victorious be victors not victim and walk in victory because he has given you victory when he died on that cross and three days he resurrected from the dead. He is not dead, he's alive and he's with you. So lift up your hands, I'm just going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person that's at the sound of my voice, for every person that's looking through the screen, that they're hearing this in the preaching. I pray that you stir their spirit and their heart up right now in this moment, my God. And what's dead comes to life, Father God. What's dark is now light in the name of Jesus, Father God. If they're in the wilderness, that they can hear your voice in the wilderness, my God. I thank you, Father God, because the men and women that are here, Father God, you have called them for great things to establish the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And if you've never received Jesus, if you've never said, Jesus, I need you, be my Lord and Savior, and you want to do that today, I just want you to raise your hand where you're at high because everybody has a raised hand. If you want to receive Jesus, raise it high and I want to pray for you. Is there anybody that wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? I'm going to make a prayer. And if you're making that prayer, that decision, pray after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for paying for my debt on that cross. 
I thank you, Jesus, because I, I am a sinner and I deserve that cross. But you took my place. So today I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior, to come into my life and transform it and change it. Love me, teach me, guide me, help me. I thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for your goodness. And I ask you to guide me and help me follow you. In Jesus' name we pray.